Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Disciples can be defined as someone that is a follower of Christ or a follower of Jesus uh, that is being changed by Jesus and is committed to the mission of Jesus. And, and next week, we're going to be talking a little bit more about mission. But, but as disciples of Jesus... Um, if we are to grow as disciples of Jesus, there are several things that you and I, we need to chase after. But I believe that one of the first things that you and I should do as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Christ. In fact, this is one of our words in our mission statement. Uh, we have three words in our mission statement. We, we, we condensed it to three words. And it's the very first word. I believe this is the very first thing. And this is the reason this is the first word uh, in our mission statement. This is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing that we need to do as disciples, as followers of Jesus. And that is we need to connect. We need to connect. And with the past few weeks, we've been asking several questions. If you remember, uh, three weeks ago, we asked ourselves, are we willing to risk? We asked ourselves last week, are we willing to push? And today, the question is, are we willing to connect? Are we willing to connect? Now, growing up, probably you did the same thing as I did. At one point or another, some of us, growing up, we held this little toy that is called a Lego. Man? And, and, and if you know Legos, and if you've ever played with Legos, you know that Lego pieces or Lego blocks or Lego bricks, they come in many different sizes, many different shapes, many different colors. Some look the same. Uh, some may look the same, but they have a different color. Or some may have different functions as Lego pieces. But the main function that they all have is that they can connect. They all can connect. And they all can connect in order to build something that is greater than the one piece. And I'm not teaching you something new right now. You guys know this, right? Some of you guys are like, really? Wow. I'm glad you came to church today. No. So we know Legos. We know these. And they, they, they come together and... One of the things that you have to understand is that, er, that Legos were made to, to stack. And, and the ability to connect was kind of revolutionary when they were first made because it was a new product. It was a new toy that, that, that the kids and that children, and not even children now, even adults, they enjoy these because it's a, a pastime or it's a hobby. But if you know Legos, they all have different sizes, different shapes, but they don't all have the same capacity. Some can connect on a wider scale. And some can connect 
There are some pieces that are just one. It only has one connection point. But if it's a Lego, it can connect. If it's a Lego, there's a purpose for it. Now, you and I, we all come in different, in different forms, in different colors, in different shapes, in different sizes. Amen? That's who we are. But God has made us just like a Lego in that you and I have the ability, we have the capacity to connect. And I believe that if we are going to push forward, as we talked last week, as we spoke last week, if we're going to push forward in the mission that God has for you and for me, and if you don't know or you're still not too sure about whether or not all this God stuff is true or you're still not too sure and bought into the mission of the church, the one thing that you really do need to do before you do anything else is that you need to connect. You need to connect. I'm going to give you a few reasons we need to connect, how we connect, but the question today is, are you willing to connect? Disciples connect to God. This is the first connection point that you and I need to make. If we are a disciple, if we are a follower of Jesus, if we are someone that says we've put our faith in God, in God alone I trust, in God alone I believe, in God will, God is my, is my source, God is my everything, then the first thing that you and I need to do every day is we need to connect with God. This is the biggest connection, this is the priority connection this is the first and foremost connection that you and i need to worry about before we worry about any other connection in our lives god is first john chapter 15 verse 1 to 4 if you want to turn your bibles there great i have it up here but i'm just going to keep going okay john chapter 15 verse 1 says i this is jesus speaking i am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch, branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. And here's where you need to pay attention. He says in verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Who is the vine? Jesus is the vine, he says. The, 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 the branch must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I don't have verse 5 up here, but if you have your Bibles, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says that I am the vine. That the thing that you need to be most worried about in your life, the, the, the one priority that you should have, and this is the priority that you as a person should have, and this is the priority that you as a spouse should have, that, that you are explaining this to your wife or you're making sure that as a, as a husband and as a wife that you guys are doing this together. This is the priority that you should have as a parent is that you must remain connected to Jesus. He says, I am the vine. Apart from me, 
You can't. You cannot do anything. You must remain in me. But why is it so important to remain in Jesus? Well, Jesus said that if you are apart from me, you will give no fruit. Right? A branch falls off a tree. Do you expect it to continue giving leaves? And if it's a fruit tree, do you expect it to continue giving you apples or oranges? No. Because it's off the branch. It's off the tree. It's off the trunk. The trunk is what gives the tree life. The trunk is what provides the resources that the branches need to provide the fruit or to produce the fruit that it's going to produce. So for you and for me, if you and I remain connected to God, and this is the reason why it's so important, is because connecting with God is what changes the heart. Connecting with God, I'm having some issues in my marriage. Well, you need to connect with God first. I'm having some issues with my children. Well, you need to make sure because outside of the little bubble that you're in, if you draw an imaginary circle, there is no one you can change except for yourself. You need to pay attention to the person that's inside your circle. And if you've lost the connection that you should have with God, it's time for you to reconnect with God. This is the most important. This is the priority that you should have. This is what you should be teaching your wife. This is what you should be making sure that you and your husband are doing together. This is what you should be making sure that your boyfriend or your girlfriend is doing. This is what you should be making sure that your children are doing. Spending time with God because apart from him, there's nothing. Apart from him, there is nothing. If you're not connected to Jesus, we may come to know, we, we may read the, the word, and we may make fancy notes, and we'll underline all these things and highlight these things. Uh, and I see these uh, pretty Bibles that get all marked up and drawn up, and we can know all this information that's in the Bible, and we can know it backwards and forwards. But if there is not a true connection with God, it's, there, it's all for nothing. Because we will know what we're supposed to do. We will know what we're supposed to obey, but we won't want to do it. The moment that I entered into relationship with my wife, it didn't matter that she doesn't, that, that she doesn't like Chinese food, and I do. But the moment that I entered into relationship with her, the times that I go to Chinese food is very rare. I pray to God, Lord, can today be the day for some Panda Express? But because I'm in relationship with her, because I'm in covenant with her, because I know her, because I desire to, for her to be happy, I desire for her to be joyful, I will sacrifice certain things in my life. We may come to know what we're supposed to do as Christ followers, but if there's not a true connection with God, we're not going to do it. We'll fall away from it. We'll continue coming to church on Sundays. We'll continue marking up our Bibles, and we'll continue following the Bible, and we'll even continue posting beautiful verses on Facebook and Instagram. But do we actually do it? 
See, disciples connect to their heavenly father. Followers of Jesus connect to, to, to our father in heaven through prayer. We connect through our scripture study. We connect through our worship. When you and I come here to worship, the first thing that you and I should be doing is raising our hands and surrendering ourselves to our God because there is a true and living God that is here and he wants to connect with you. We should be committed to memorizing and to hiding the word of God. says that you should hide his word in, in your heart. We should be committed to fellowship with other believers. So the question becomes, is how do you and I connect to God? Well, I already read how, but I guess the, really the question is, do you connect to God? Are you spending time? Is your spending time with God a priority for your life? I would challenge you. I would challenge you. Take out a journal today. Take out a tablet today. Take out a notebook or start a notes uh, uh, document in your, in, your, in your smartphone and start writing what are truly your priorities in life. Do you don't know what your priorities are? Then check out, start being, paying attention to your time. What are you spending your time in? I would say for most of us, one of the top priorities in our life is our job. Sometimes we spend more time in our jobs than we do with our families. For some of us, maybe uh, your favorite football team or your favorite uh, uh, whatever basketball team. Because we spend three to four hours on Sundays when the game's on. We spend time during the week trying to catch up with the draft and what did it happen? What the, who did they pick? What's, how is it going to look? You're, you're, for some of us, maybe it's video games. Praise God. For some of us, I'm not going to, you guys know, I can continue on and on and on and on. But if you're not sure what your priorities are, look at your life. Start writing down every day. When you wake up in the morning, what did I do this morning? First thing I reached for my phone, I checked Facebook. And I'm not, I'm, I don't dislike Facebook. I get on it just like you guys get on it too. But... Does that control your life? It's interesting because my wife just recently, she went to a leadership um, summit. And um, she came back and she came back with some cards that she bought. And I was like, what are you doing? Because she was writing some Bible verses. And she says, well, one of the ladies at the, at, the, um, at the summit, she said that if we were just to get some two by four, four, two by four cards, note cards, and if, uh, uh, yeah, the index cards, just write some verses. He says, next time, because this is what just about all of us do. Next time, instead of when you stop at the stoplight while you're driving, instead of reaching for your phone and grabbing it and looking at Facebook, why don't you reach for those index cards and read a couple verses as you wait? Pastor, I can't talk to anybody about my faith. Why? Because I don't know enough Bible. I don't know enough about his word. Well, it's time that you and I start connecting with God. And it's not going to happen by itself. You have to be intentional. You have to be, you have to live life on purpose. So we got to connect with God. The second thing that we need to connect with, and this is where I'm going to spend more time with, in today. Um, and we have to connect 
And the question is, are you willing to connect? Are you willing to connect with God? I am going to assume that we are all willing to connect with God. That's not really the question. We're here. But the second thing that we're going to talk about is, are you willing to connect? Disciples connect to other disciples. When Jesus is speaking in John chapter 15, and he says that I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. In verse 3, he says, you, when he says you, he's not talking in a singular manner. He's talking in a plural form, that he's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to the audience that's, that's there as he's, as he's giving this sermon. And he says, you are already clean. You must remain in me. You, apart from me, can't do anything. And this is bringing us all together. In John chapter 13, verse 35, J Jesus said, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. If you love one another. I've said this before. Jesus could have said anything there. He could have said the true test of people knowing whether or not you're my disciples, whether or not you are followers of me, is by how much you pray. No, that's not what he said. By this all men will know that you're my disciples by how much you go to church. No. By this everyone will know you're my disciples by how much offering you give. No. He said, the, room, the only way people are going to know that you're my disciples is by, by how you love one another. So the question is, are you willing to connect with one another? Are you willing to connect with your fellow brother and your fellow sister? Disciples, and here's the reason why it's so important for you and I to connect, okay? It's not because Jesus was just didn't have anything else to say. There was a purpose why he says this. There's a purpose why we should love one another. Disciples connect with other disciples in order to find, and I'm going to give you three reasons, okay? And if you're taking notes, I think you should write these down, okay? Disciples connect with other disciples in order to find, number one, a relational environment where we can grow in maturity. Tell your neighbor, you need to grow. Oh, come on. Don't be scared of your neighbor. They're not going to punch you. You need to grow. Our desire as parents, whether we like it or not, we want to see our children grow, right? Yeah, sometimes we say, I wish you were little again. They're growing so fast. But the reason we want to see our kids grow, our children grow, is because growth indicates healthiness in their lives. Growth indicates that they're well. Growth indicates that there's, the processes of development are, are going well. Things are, are developing correctly. And if we see our child and is, he's just very uh, sickly or he's not gaining any weight, we could get concerned and we go take him to the doctor. Doctor, he doesn't eat anything. Doctor, he's just not gaining any weight. 
doctor, she, 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 she's just not growing. I don't know what's going on. Right? We, we get concerned if there's no growth. The same thing with us. When we look at one another, if we see no growth in our spiritual life, there should be a concern within us. We should look at ourselves and say, well, am I growing or am I not growing? And if I'm not growing in maturity, why am I not growing in maturity? Could it be the people that are in your lives or the people that is in your life is keeping you from growing? Could it be the influences that surround you? I'm not telling you you can't have friends outside of church. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that the people that should have the most influence over your life should be godly people that not only connect to you, but connect to God as well. When you go seeking marriage advice, you don't go seeking to that person. You don't go seeking and asking the person that's been divorced three or four times. You go and ask the person that's got a joyful marriage. They've been married a long time, and you know that they love God. So we connect with others. So we can have a relational environment where we can grow in maturity. Hebrews 3.13 says, Exhort one another every day as long as it's called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Why do we come to church every Sunday? Because the Bible commands it. says, Do you not... Do not neglect meeting together. We should get together because together we worship God. Together we lift up our hands and give him honor and glory. Together we grow as a church. Together we grow in our maturity. The second reason why God says that you need to connect to one another, why Jesus says you must love one another, is because number two, mutual accountability. Where we can confess and repent from sin. Now this is a difficult one. James chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. James says that if you want to be healed, you need to confess your sins to one another. I'm not telling you neither. Come tell me all your sins. That's not what it says. But it does say that if you wronged your brother or your sister, and you need healing in your life, not just physical healing, you need spiritual healing, you need mental healing, you should confess your sin and say, brother, sister, I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Galatians chapter 6 says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you to be tempted. Bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. So when you and I love one another, when you and I are in covenant in a church, this gives us a place where we have mutual accountability. This gives us a place where we can confess our sins and repent from our sins. And this gives us a place where people don't live lives by themselves. 
If you and I are going through a difficult situation, it doesn't say in the Bible that you and I have to bear the burden by ourselves. There is a brother, there is a sister that has gone through the same thing that you've gone through. It's like Elijah when he was going through a difficult time in his life. He went to a cave and he said, Lord, just take my life. Sometimes we do that in our lives. We go through something difficult. There's a storm, something so hard that we just give up on life. Say, Lord, if you just want to take me today, go ahead and take me. But that's not what God intended for you and for me. God intended for you and me to live in community, to lift each other up, to bear your burden, for, for us to bear our burdens one another. I have burdens. You have burdens. You don't have to live by yourself. Community is where we're encouraged. We're pointed to biblical truth. We're cared for. We're challenged. We're held accountable. We're given support. And we're nurtured in our faith. The third reason, the third reason we should connect with one another is that it provides a place to serve and to show the world Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jesus did not create you and me with the attention of us doing good works and then us not doing it. He says that he created us, we are his workmanship, and we should walk in those good works. Praise the Lord, everybody. That chair you're sitting on today, it did not show up by itself. Someone unfolded it. Someone put it down. Someone made sure that the the line was just correct so that when you walked in, it would look good. It would be comfortable for you. God called us to serve. What we're doing today with our offering, that's what God called us for. That maybe you and I can't go physically and touch every single family that's been affected by autism. But God has given us resources so that we can be a blessing to others. So that we can help those that can, that can help them. The world sees Jesus' love when they witness the unity and love of his church. The gospel of Jesus is a relational message Here's the thing, guys. Followers of Jesus connect with other followers of Jesus. There's just no other way around it. Your neighbor, the one in front of you, the one behind you, the one next to you, that's who you should be connecting with. In your community, when you and I go out into the community, we go into the neighborhoods, the people What they are seeing is Jesus in our lives. They are seeing the light of Jesus through us. And it's not just us by ourselves. I was telling the membership class last week, it's not just us, guys. 
We have a, a, a great organization of churches that are doing the same thing that you and I are doing. We have churches not just in this country. We have churches in the international missions field that are working and spreading the word of God. And they are supported by us because we're all connected. The work that they do is the work that we do. The victories that they have are our victories as well. The pains that they have, those are the pains that we go through as well because we're all connected. Connected. We don't live life in a bubble. We don't live by ourselves. So how are you connected with others? Do you leave church on Sundays and then you forget about everyone until next week? Until next Sunday? Or are you living on purpose? Just the same way as you wake up every morning and you do your Bible reading plan. And you... Read your, your word and you pray and you spend time with God. Are you connecting with one another? Are you willing to connect? Are you being honest and authentic with your feelings and with your time and your connections with others? Now, why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because the, number, the third thing I was going to give you today is we connect with purpose. We have not been saved. Listen to me, church. You and I have not been saved just to come to church on Sundays, enjoy some good music, praise the Lord, raise our hands, and like I tell you, feel the fuzzies and the wuzzies as we're here, and then go home. No. We have been connected to one another with a purpose. Life works better when you're connected. In your marriages, life your marriage life works better if you are truly connected. In your, in your kids' lives, it, life works better if you and your kids can understand one another. It, life just works better when you're connected. And when we're connected, you and I, we can have a purpose. We have a purpose. You can look around. Yes, some of these chairs are empty because our children left. They're in their class and the, young, the, the students are in their class. But when we were all in here, there were some empty chairs. God called us. God saved us. I want you to think about it this way. The Bible says, speaks of two places for eternity. It speaks of heaven and hell. I know we don't like to speak on hell very much. We like to talk about heaven, Amen. We like to talk about one day. You know, everybody, everybody here wants to get to heaven, but not today, right? We don't want to get to heaven today, but someday we want to get to heaven. We truly do. But the Bible speaks of a heaven and of a hell. And what happens when you and I are saved, we are saved from an eternal life without God. That's what hell is. And the Bible says that when you're saved, you're not just saved so you can live your life for yourself. It says if you're saved from drowning, if you were in the beach, there's been a major shipwreck, and there's people drowning. People are just dying, and people are, 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 are going under the water into the ocean. They're getting lost out at sea. And finally, you feel a, a firm hold on your hand, and somebody drags you out, pulls you out, brings you to safety. 
question becomes, are you going to walk away from that beach and just go live your life? Or are you going to turn around and you're going to see all the other lives that are struggling and say, I got to do something. I have not been saved just so I can walk away from this. I may not do anything right now. Maybe I can just throw a lifeline. Maybe I can just invite somebody to church this week. Maybe I can pay attention to my friends. Maybe I can hear what my coworkers are saying. And they're going through some difficulties. And I may not have the right words. But what I can tell them is what Jesus has done in my life. I was lost, but now I'm found. I had no direction, but now I have a purpose. There was a moment of time when I lived in depression, but now I have overwhelming joy in my life. There was a time when I wanted to take my life but God has given me a reason to live there was a time when I woke up and I didn't know how I was going to make it through the day because I was overwhelmed but now Jesus has come into my life and I wake up and I am excited for the day I am excited for what God has done and I just want to tell everyone that Jesus has done it for me and Jesus can do it for you as well We connect with a purpose. You may not preach, but there's someone that's going to preach. You may not sing, but someone's going to sing. You may not know how to run the sound, but someone's going to do it. And we connect and we come together. And you may not be able to get here to put up a chair, but someone's going to put up that chair. You may not be here to welcome somebody, but somebody's going to welcome. And that way that you felt when you came in that first time, you felt loved, you felt accepted, you felt welcome. There should come a moment in our, t- in our life when we say, you know what? I want to give back as well want to live with purpose and it can be in this place and I don't know maybe God has put a dream in your life we were just talking about this organization that does these things for the for autism and many times many times the difficult moments the difficult things you've lived through in your life God has allowed you to go through that and we are so selfish with it because we think it was just us We think that, God, why did you let me go through this? And the reality is that a lot of the things that we go through in life, it's not for you. It's so that you can use it to help someone that's going to come along in your life and that you can reach out and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, I've been there. I was there. I was you. But now look at what God has done in my life. He changed me. He transformed me. He made me a brand new creation. And he can do the same for you. And we lift each other up. We affirm each other. God has given you a purpose. Are you willing to connect? Life, when when it's lived alone, is risky. Life, when you don't connect with others, is a burden. But when you're connected with God and when you're connected with one another, you can find so much joy and so much purpose. Your life is greater than what you think it is. Your purpose is greater than what you believe it is. And the very fact that God brought you here today proves that. 
God is faithful to you. He's saying, son, daughter, connect. Don't live life on your own. This is what the early church did. You read in the book of Acts. If you want to know about how the church got started, read the book of Acts. And then you read in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that they would meet every day. Can you imagine if I said, hey, guys, we're going to have a service every single day. You guys will look at me crazy. They would meet at the temple. They would meet at their homes. They would eat together. They would live life together. They would serve one another. They held everything in common. They saw a need. They would fill the need. They would see, they would see someone that was in trouble and they would serve that person. James said, what good is it for you to do that you see someone that's hungry? You see someone that's in pain. You see someone that needs to be clothed. And you say, hey, it's okay. Have faith. God will do it for you. And you walk away. James said, no, God has put you in their lives so that you can serve a purpose, so that you can serve and you can fill that need in their lives. You are not alone, church. It says that they worship together in the temple each day, not just on Sundays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It says they would meet in their homes and they would eat the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals, not sad or not depressed, but with great joy and great generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of, the, of all the people. And every day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You read the book of Acts, there are 18 times where Luke, who's the writer of Acts, states emphatically that there was growth and impact. That the people say, wow, these people are different. There's something different about these people. There's something different about City Church. There's something different about that person. They, they live on mission. They live with a purpose. The life that they live is not their own. Acts 6-7 said that God's message continued to spread. And the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. I'm going to ask you to stand. God has brought us together to be a family. And let me tell you, God has brought us together to be a family, but we're not to stay the same size. There's, some chair, there's a bunch of chairs right over there that are waiting to be put out. Our family is to grow. Our family is to multiply. Our family is to give birth to children, to grandchildren, to nephews, to cousins. But if this is to happen, we need to remain connected. Like I said, I'm already assuming that we all want to connect with God. That's not the question. The 
question is, are we willing to connect with one another to live out the mission that God has called us to live? Jesus said, go out into the nations, making disciples, baptizing them and teaching them my commandments. Come on, church. God has called us for great things. God has called us for greater things. God has called us for purpose. God has called us to be a church that impacts not only Frisco, but it impacts Plano. It impacts Little Elm. It impacts Prosper. It impacts McKinney. And it goes beyond Little Elm. And it goes into Denton. It goes into Aubrey. It goes into... Princeton. It goes into Anna. It goes into Melissa. It goes into all our surrounding communities that there is a church that loves God and that loves one another and we are willing to connect. We are willing to live our lives together on purpose. Father, we come before you today. Lord, we ask you, Lord, today that the calling that you put upon our lives, the calling that you deposited into each one of us, Lord, let it be clear today. Let it be loud today that we cannot continue living life as if we're on our own, that we can live life connected, that we can live life with purpose, that we can live life on a mission because you, Lord, have called us to great things. You have called us to be a church that is not quiet. You have not called us to be a church that is silent. You have called us to be a church that is loud with the gospel, that is bold with the message of your word. And I ask you today that you will bring conviction into our hearts, that you will bring boldness into our lives, and that you, God, would awaken our spirit.